You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We are here with another morning drop today. Talking a little running back room. Where do you think Auburn's running back room ranks in the SEC right now? We'll talk about it right here. Morning drop style. Y'all know how we do. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop Monday, August 21st. Got Ike Jones B. Will in here. Mm-hmm. Doing a little uh, Auburn running back room. B. Will, how we feeling this Monday morning? A little beat down, man. You know, working hard yesterday. Did some stuff at the house, but I'm glad to be talking football. I'm always Indeed. glad to be talking football, man. It's uh, it's almost upon us, man. We we are just one week away from game week. That's the way mm-hmm. I'm counting it down right now because game mm-hmm. week is a whole different kind of energy about what's going to be happening. So when yeah. we get back and start talking to y'all next Monday, it's game week mode, right? So this is the last week that we will uh, have just random what if conversation we're going to be in UMass conversation next Monday when we get in here and start talking and we will won't we mm. it doesn't you know because we're on this side of it now of course we're, we're big Auburn fans but we're doing stuff to get ready for the season it like zooms by like the anticipation is still there but we're like just speeding through the anticipation trying to get stuff ready and all the new stuff we want to give you guys when the season starts and so we're planning and we're talking and we're we kind of lose the time to fan out a little bit a little bit but um it's actually making it go by pretty fast though yeah <laughs> to tell you the truth I, mean, I kind of like that yeah we are definitely in motion over here we have a really good running back room solid from top to bottom i do not envy whoever has to figure out who is going to be the one that carries the rock on a particular drive, whatever. It's a lot. Anyway, let's get into seeing what we've got in the room here. Here we go. Running backs for the 2023 season are as follows. Mr. Brian Batty, 5'7", 170. The junior who is a transfer from South Florida. Damari mm-hmm. Alston, 5'10", 209, sophomore. Jeremiah Cobb, the true freshman at 5'11", 191. Christian oh. Burnett, 5'11", 189, freshman. Jarquez Hunter, 5'10", 210, mm. junior. Justin Jones, 6'1", 206, junior. Luke Rebels, 5'10", 191, redshirt freshman. And Sean Jackson, 5'9", 230. Six sophomore. That's a room right there for you, ladies and gentlemen. That is a room. I count one, two, three SEC starters in this room as far as quality of talent. Three SEC starters, one SEC probably alternate back in Sean Jackson and or Brian Batty. Because Maybe maybe Sean Jackson doesn't have the quicks or the speed you need to be uh, a starting quarter. Uh, excuse me, a starting running back in the conference. But buddy, don't tell me he couldn't get on the field. 
Cameron Pentway didn't have the speed to be a starting running back in this, in this conference, but the system and he did what needed to be done. You didn't want to tackle him. Nobody yeah. wanted to tackle him. You got it done. So this is, it's really hard not to draw conclusions. You know what? I like jumping out there with wild reactionary um, statements. This is the best running back room. Now I got to be careful because I'm thinking about Cadillac, <laughs> Ronnie, and Brandon Jacobs in the same room. That's what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Am I ready to call this the best running back room in Auburn history? There were three NFL starters on that team. Three NFL starters. Cadillac was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ronnie Brown was a consistent starter uh, running back for the Dolphins and also the Chargers. I think he made one other stop. Brandon Jacobs was an NFL Super Bowl winning running back for the New York Giants. There's a lot of talent in that room, man. That's a lot of talent. Now, it's hard to make that, that statement right now. Right, because we haven't seen him play. Right, exactly. Brandon Jacobs didn't get a chance to be the outstanding running back he could be in college. He had to wait until the pros to do that. It was too crowded here. But they were still all in the room at the same time. That's that's crazy. Hey, man. I don't know. I can't I can't give it to I can't I can't give it to this room yet. I haven't seen enough yet. I think Damari Austin will be special. Yeah. I think I do too. That listen, from every time we talk to somebody, they are mentioning Jeremiah Cobb unprompted. Like, it's not like, hey, what do you think of Jeremiah Cobb this year? Right. They're like, man, um, I don't know. Is he boy special? Hmm. I definitely think, I do think we have the best running back room in the conference this year. And I don't, I don't think it's particularly close either. I also don't keep up with other teams' rosters. Let me say that. I was about to say, I, I, I'd have to look at the other rosters to know how stacked their rosters are. I mean, there is an argument to be made that, uh, Flor I think I think Florida has a really good running back room. You know, um, my guy KB is listening. He can definitely tell you he he feels like Florida is going to be shocking the world this year. Yeah, KB, um, what up? I don't know what Arkansas's room looks like, but the 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 guy at, sitting at the helm of it is really good. And Rocket Sanders, uh, Ole Miss. I don't know what their room looks like, but they've got a really good running back in the room. Uh. Bama's probably stacked full of five stars in their running back room. So they always are, but has it looked? They've been stacked full of stop five stars in their room for as long as we can remember. When the running back room guys have have had to leave here with underwhelming first and second years, and then they leave. Jameer Gibbs was there back last year. He wasn't even from Bama. He didn't get recruited there. I'm not saying transfers don't count, but we don't have transfers. This is homegrown. Who is the guy not named? Well, you already said you think Damari Austin's going to be special. I was going to say, who's the guy not named Jarquez Hunter that you feel like is going to be doing damage this year? I'm, I'm assuming that name is going to be Damari Austin. It's Damari. It's Damari. He's he's next in, in line. It's not that... I don't think that any one of them is necessarily better than the other one. I don't know that Jarquez is heads and tails significantly better than the other guys. I know he's the most experienced. And we know that that accounts for, at, at the very least, something, man. Football coaches don't like to gamble. They don't like to throw guys out there assuming what they're going to do. But all of them could be equally as talented. Jarquez is first up and Damari's next up. I think Damari's going to get those opportunities more so than Cobb would, more so than Sean Jackson would. 
And for that reason, I think he's going to eat. Every time I've I've seen scrimmage footage, it's Damari carrying people and scoring touchdowns. Like that, I don't think that's a coincidence either. And it doesn't mean that Jarquez is not just as good as we thought he was, but Damari is is focused. Y'all yeah. saw the running back room fireside chat, buddy. I Damari is ready. He's ready for this moment. Other names though on this list that seem to be. Getting a lot of, of course, Brian Batty. We already talked about how he's going to be a multi-purpose back for this team. Um, I don't know if you've given any thought to this, but I'll ask anyway. Be will. Do you feel as if we could see two back sets a lot for Auburn this season? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. The first thing I would want to know is, does it? Is it something that Philip Montgomery has had in his past? Mm. I do not remember for the life of me, for the few years that Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss and he was competitive, seeing two running backs in that backfield. I saw tight ends that looked like wide receivers. I saw one running back's going to catch a, uh, a a leak out pass. I, I didn't see much dual running back action. I didn't see anything that complicated. Not complicated, but that... that Irregular for Hugh Freeze. Philip Montgomery, though, I think will probably be more of a mad scientist than Hugh Freeze would. So the question becomes, when do you need to deploy that? Is it because we are leaning so hard on the run because the the protection got shaky? Or is it, are we just going to throw a, a wrench in, in there and make somebody guard two outstanding backs at the same time, which is a benefit of having two backs be really productive when they come in the game. They can key on the guy. We saw how people keyed on Tank. And that and that caused some of the fan base to question his value because they keyed on him so much that he didn't get Boy, much. is he out there killing in preseason right now for Jacksonville, bro. Proud. I, I don't know if I've been as proud of an Auburn player when they get to the next level as I have been of Tank so far in the preseason, just because it's like, I knew this is what he could do on that level. And I knew he could just be an outrageous running back at the college level. The teams and the coaching staffs did not do what needed to be done to put Tank on the pedestal. He should have been on in college, and, and, and that's always regrettable. But when it comes to having multiple backs, like we kind of saw what happens when you get serious about the run the last four games of last season, right? Do we have do we have the best offensive line players? No. Scheme? No. But listen, man, if you want to do something, you'll figure out a way to do it. And that was our best path forward. Cadillac as a head coach, no coincidence. He's a running back also. All right. We understand his effect on that game plan. But he knew what he had in that room. And he chose to utilize them and emphasize their skill sets. Part of that was he said, hey, guys, listen. They're going to do something for us up front. Y'all are going to have to make somebody miss. Isn't that crazy? Hey, look, you, running back I recruited and believe in, are going to have to be outstanding. They were like, cool, I got it. And they went out there and they feasted and looked outstanding. Do I believe that these guys have that in them as well? Yes, we got the same running backs coach. He knows how to get that out of them. The question is, would we ever need to? And I don't know. I Hugh Freeze's commitment to throwing the ball is something that I think we have to have. It's, it's part of his identity as a coach, so he needs to maintain that identity. We've questioned amongst ourselves, how what does this look like for the running backs? Are there going to be as many bites as the apple to right. spread around? 
you know, we could talk about division of running snaps, but are there going to be that many running snaps? Period. Like if you go 50-50 on run pass, which is balanced, which my guess is would be best, then there aren't going to be as many opportunities to carry the ball. But listen, you'll still get some uh, run, some blocking assignments. You'll still get some passes thrown your way. And that's still a benefit, especially to modern day running backs, because that's why a Jameer Gibbs got, got selected in the first round, because he can catch the ball as well. And that's something that the running backs talked about when they were on the fire side. They're like, listen, we're going to get the ball thrown. That is like, you look at, that's why not only Jameer Gibbs, there was another running back that got selected. He's high, oh, uh, Robinson, because he can do it all. And I think that does help them. That that bolsters their value at the next level. Two running backs on the field could definitely be a, equally as much of a pass threat as a run threat for us. It's just, how do they choose to deploy it? I would imagine it's got to be, got to be something that they look at because these are still some of the best players on our offense. Some of the best players on our offense are in the running back room. I don't know why I put three out there. Four. <laughs> it don't matter. I put them all out there. Listen, I can I can realistically see because we have a three deep running running back room, really four deep when you factor in Sean Jackson mm-hmm. uh, and five deep when you get to Jeremiah Cobb, a mm-hmm. c- scenario which we are running uh Brian Batty as a slot receiver mm-hmm. and somebody else at the running back position and just running tempo with those two doing a bunch of swapping, you know, as, you know, switching up, put, you know, I don't know, let's just say it's Betty and Damari Austin out there just because of the first two names on the list, right? And then, you know, the first play, one of them's in the slot, the other one's in the backfield, and you swap it up and you do something different. You put the other one in the slot, the other one in the backfield, but then you run like a speed sweep out of it, right? Mm. And then the next play, you're running a true run play out of that or a true RPO out of mm-hmm. that one. And nobody has to come off of the field until three or four plays into the drive. And right. then you swap out and just put in another running back. Yeah. So you take two guys off the field and you put in Jarquez Hunter now to finish the drive off as a, a true running back and you put three receivers out there. I can yeah. see a lot of that kind of stuff happening with this, especially with the creativity that you can have because those guys are multiple in the way that they can be able to attack defenses. Um, You could go with, you know, already having three receivers out there and then motion into a four receiver set with two guys out there as running back. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that you could do with the personnel that we have that I think would be fun as a play caller to be able to put defenses in really bad situations because they can't sub. You can't sub anybody out, and I have enough personnel to go out here and run my entire playbook. Right. You know, right. that that requires a lot on the running backs to learn a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but I think that they would enjoy it. Hopefully, they're considering doing that sort of thing, especially considering what we've heard about the injury situation with our wide receiver room and some mm-hmm. of those guys maybe not being up to speed with what's going on out there. That allows you to limit how many reps that you have to put inexperienced wide receivers out there on the field and allow some of your most talented guys to continue to see the field more often and utilize them in different ways. Yeah, and and then you find the reps for those running backs that maybe you were worried you couldn't, but this keeps them involved. This keeps them getting experience, and that keeps them here. Because if you're going to be as talented and as deep as this room is, these guys are coming here to play. Yeah. Yes, they understand that they're, okay, you 
you just put in uh, back in the NFL and you got another one you think is going to be in the NFL and Demar might be bound for the NFL. But I came here because you told me that I was good and that you wanted me to play. Am I going to play? Well, listen, if I can get you out there and put four running backs in this game over the course of, of these 60 minutes, all the better for that running back room. Get that experience. Get these guys even more ready for, for big conference play. And yeah, I, I, I think it would be incredible to see <laughs> our running backs and pass patterns just move them to the slide. Like it, you got so many options. You really have a lot of options. And if these guys have the skill set, why not? Why not? Yeah, I am hoping that they are able to do all of the above. Uh, you know, wide receivers need to see their reps as well. But what is abundantly clear is that we have, you know, be will, uh, make sure I quoted you correctly, the best mm-hmm. running back room in the SEC this year. Yes. Potentially. And that, and that, that's the vanilla version of how wild I wanted to get. I'm going to keep it right there for now, though. <laughs> I was going to get wilder. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We are going to talk to some of the best Auburn football fans that God ever created, and that yes. is the War Report family. We'll get it started here with B. Will's forehead, who says mm-hmm. the answer to the question is elite, gentlemen. Speaking of the running back room, we definitely have an elite room here, and uh, I am looking forward to seeing how they do damage on Saturdays. Somebody is, um, if if this offensive line group is able to repeat the last four games of the season in terms of run blocking, where we had multiple 100-yard rushers for every game, mm-hmm. uh, signs Texas A&M, I don't think we had multiple. Well, we might have. I have to go back and look at it. But uh, I know at least three of those four we did. If we can repeat that kind of performance, multiple 100-yard rushers, now that included Robbie Ashford on a couple of those occasions. Mm-hmm. The SEC is going to be in trouble, man, because I think we have a more proficient passing attack this year. Yeah. Multiple hundred yard rushes in the game. If we're going to do that seven, eight, nine times in the season. That's bad news, man. That's controlling the clock and you're going to be able to throw the ball around a little bit better this year. Yeah, the 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 ability to run as good as we might be able to might be able to. And I'm and I'm I'm. I'm taking we're taking that intel from what everybody is hearing about the scrimmages, how the run game is working, how the running backs have been successful, and how our defensive front has had trouble stopping the run. Buddy, I our defensive front may not be great. Okay. Our front seven may be lacking somewhat, whether it's uh an elite presence inside or uh, linebacker injuries affecting how they're playing so far in the scrimmages. If we can run no matter what. Like, I know Hugh Freeze has actually said this. He said, yeah, eventually somebody's going to be able to stop your run and you're going to have to be able to pass the ball. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But what if they can't stop the run, though? Right. Like, like what, what if we're just that good at it? Like, we, we know what we've got as far as talent, but the running back room is going to be prepared. The offensive line 
comes together in a way like I don't they didn't have Xavion Miller. Like he they moved the right tackle, one of the most experienced guys on the team over the left guard. Cause I'm like, oh no, we gotta get this guy a right tackle. Right. You, you go to left guard. Okay, so I, I am taking that as a now the line's going to be even better because you moved somebody who was clearly talented enough to hold you down in the spring and in fall camp, and you moved them over? Okay. We upgraded the talent on that line yet again. We're deeper on that line. Buddy, there's there's a good chance our running backs could run no matter what. And even if we can't run for the same yardage and for four or five touchdowns a game, if you can run that well, you can possess the ball. Right. I can possess the ball. I can determine when you get the ball back. Sure, you could run on our front because our front isn't that great at stopping the run. But are you going to get the ball back to do it? Dangerous, man. A running yeah. game that good can can set us up for the for success for the entire season. In any game this season. Yeah. Any game. Yeah, listen, if you can control the clock, you can potentially control the game. Um, and if your defense stays fresh, and they're opportunistic. That makes it very uh-huh. difficult for teams to win ball games against you. I am hoping that that's that, listen. This is actually the formula that LSU used last year to win games. Was yeah. they weren't necessarily the best running team, but because of the threat of the running quarterback, mm-hmm. they were able to keep the chains moving. And then they had an opportunistic defense that really uh-huh. just got better as the season went along. That's yeah. how they were able to win games. Defense played well, controlled the clock. It's a really simple formula. Uh, it's not an often used formula in this day and age with the high up-tempo offenses, high octane. Right. We want to go out, score, score, score. Mm-hmm. But it works. And that's also why it would be more successful because defenses are built to stop dynamic passing games. If, you're, if you've got five defensive backs on the field and I run at you, you're in trouble. You ain't got no 250. You don't have three 220-plus linebackers there just ready to, to hit, hit, hit. Mm-mm, buddy. And even if you did, we can run wide because our running backs are fast. Now I'm going to tire those linebackers out in addition to, well, you don't even have linebackers. You're going to have, again, five or six, depending on what you can put on the field and show as far as the passing game. They're going to have to pre- prepare for whatever we show them. If we spread it out, then you're going to have to put faster players on the field. Then we run it right into your chest. And now you're in trouble. <laughs> it's going to be so cool. I'm sorry. Y'all, and y'all ain't going to get me hyped up. Nah, it's time. It's time, bro. It's mm-hmm. time. I don't know. We we not. It's it's time to get hype, man. Um, Haley jumps in. Last Saturday without football is almost here. Haley, let me give you a correction. Last Saturday without Auburn football is almost here because week zero is this Saturday, mm-hmm. and college football is back Saturday. Yes, I personally will be watching Vanderbilt play because I want to see what they're trotting out there. We play them this mm-hmm. year, and I will be watching UMass play because that's our first opponent. So I have two games that I am going to be watching this Saturday, but college football is officially back this Saturday. Yeah. It's time to get to it's it. It's time. It's time. AU Alum 94 says, has Coach Hugh Freeze been able to comment yet on if Jarquez Hunter is eligible for UMass? Um, hmm. He's been able to comment whenever he wanted to. The question is, has he commented on it? And the answer to that right. is no. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming because Jarquez is back in practice that it's all good. I mean, he's going to play. Is he going to play UMass? I mean, I have no idea what the answer is as to whether or not he is going to play in that game. But he has not commented, and I have the feeling that he doesn't intend to comment unless he's going to put out a two-deep roster and Jarquez Hunter is on that. Then, yeah, I think the assumption has been because he's back at practice that he's good to go. But I don't know. Have 
if he's given a definitive answer on that. Um, James Barnett, this running back room is elite. I can see 2,000 to 2,500 yards for the season. Thoughts? Hmm. I can see 2,000. Yeah. I can see 2,000. 2,500 is a lot. Just because, again, that production could come from throwing to the running backs just as easily as them running it straight up. But I do think we get probably get more pure running back yards with Peyton Thorne as a starter. Scrambling won't be, they won't be calling designed run plays for him nearly as much as they would, of course, for a, a Robbie Ashford. So with Peyton Thorne being the starter, yeah, I could see us getting 2,000. I would say a little less if we had a, a running quarterback starter, though, because he, uh, he. I mean, if he you're saying from the running back room specifically, if you add Robbie in there as the starting QB, his rushing yards count for the total. And. I actually think that a running quarterback opens it up a little bit more for your running back, so they might average more yards per carry. Yeah, I see um, So I, there's no telling, man. I, so I think the answer, regardless of who the QB is, yes to this, 2,000 to 2,500 is, is doable this season. Um, the success of the run game is going to be largely dependent on how good the pass game is, of course. So if your pass game is going to be really good, I, there's just so many factors, but I think the answer to this question is yes, 2,000 yards. We can hit that this season. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, this running back room reminds me of 2010 with Asher, McCaleb, and Fannin. Hmm, Asher. I don't yeah, know. I think that's a typo. I don't think. Sure. Yeah, I don't know about Asher. Fannin. Well, it, it doesn't remind me. So um, that was uh, Dyer. It must yeah, be Dyer. Dyer. I say, but then it must yeah. have been a type with Dyer. So Dyer there. Dyer, McCaleb, Fannin. We, the, the problem there is each of those guys had critical flaws. And honestly, I think we've got three complete backs. Yeah. I mean, McCaleb, it was almost exclusively speed sweep. Right. Uh, you know, not even really shifty. He was just kind of fast. Straight line. Yeah. He, he didn't have much wiggle at all. Um, Dyer, Dyer was the most complete back in that room, but he wasn't that fast. Yeah, he was a little slower foot. He, he he could get he could you know he could motor a little bit. I ain't gonna call him. He was slower than I mean, if you compare him to a McCaleb or and actually I think Mario Fanta might have been faster than him too. But I'm not yeah. I ain't I ain't even sure about that because I don't remember Mario Fanta really in the open field a lot. Mario Fanta's issue was fumbling. Like he was he he had a little bit of a butterfingers issue. That, and that's the problem—a critical fumbling issue that that kept each of them, or oh, that that kept that kept him from being an elite back for us. Um, and that's why you could have a Michael Dyer come in and take some of his snaps. Mike, Mario Fannin was a powerful running back. Like he, yeah. if he could hold on to that ball, man, he would have been an elite back for us. So that's why I think to say he reminds you, I could see that. But of course, I see each of these guys being starters in their own right, whether they were in yeah. the SEC elsewhere. That, so that is the, the critical NFL. difference there. The only running back based upon their production that could be a starter every year would have been Michael Dyer. Mm -hmm. I don't think Ontario McCaleb is built to be an every down running back. Right. Uh, Mario Fannin is built like it, but he couldn't hold on to the ball well enough. Yeah. So, but the difference in this room is of the five guys that we've named, all five of them could be a starting running back on somebody's team. That includes Sean Jackson. Now, is Sean Jackson an SEC caliber starting running back? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Because I just haven't seen him do it enough. But yeah. from his size and speed and shiftiness, I think the answer to that is yes. So he could start on a lot of teams around the country today. Yeah. So I think we have five guys that could be starting running backs 
in a lot of football programs all over the nation. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Eric Montgomery jumps in. Good morning, fam, and War Damn Eagle at the War Report, loving the daily content. Listen, man, we're out War- here trying to do it. We're not done either, man. We're going to be adding more to the bag as we start to get into the season. So just, just hold on to your seats. Between the audio content ramp up and what we're going to continue to do on the visual content and the game day stuff, uh, you're going to get your feel of the war report 100. percent Yeah, Brian, Hand- like it or not, yeah. Hey, listen, I ain't. <laughs> we're gonna be the work is gonna be out here. Uh, Brian Hancher jumps in, bench the wide receivers and put Ashford, Hunter, Batty, and Austin on the field at the same time and let the opposing defense figure that out. You know, they've, they've got an interesting opportunity here. And Hugh Freeze already said that as long as Robbie keeps his head mentally and emotionally in the game, which those aren't his exact words, but I think we all understand that's what he means. He is going to be on the field. And he didn't say just in game one either. He said Robbie will always have a package. You could do some crazy stuff yeah. with not just because of each of the, these players' athleticism, but because these running backs will all have earned the fear of the defense. They will have earned the reputations that are going to have defenses keying on them. You throw a Robbie Ashford in there behind center, and then it's just... Now, like, what do you do? What do you guard? All right, if we don't get... If we don't overload on Jarquez Hunter, he's going to break five tackles and burn us. Yeah, but I got a guy who runs like a sub 4-4 out there at quarterback. And then I got another guy lined up behind him who in Austin, which I don't know exactly how fast he is, but he might be their touchdown leader for the he's season. He's faster than the other two guys that we had in the fire. However much faster. Even. He's a tenth of a second. <laughs> that's right. However fast either, any of the other guys are, he's just a little bit fast. That's what he said. Um, and Batiste... That was still I, my favorite moment from that fireside, bro. <laughs> my, my favorite was Jacquez letting you know he could hoop. <laughs> oh, I could hoop. <laughs> he, he let you know. Don't, don't, question, don't question that. Um that that's really what is is scary is they're going to be kind of telegraphing some things with Robbie early and some things that you would expect because they can like go out there for UMass do some stuff all right who's going to keep it well Robbie's going to hand it off who's going to keep it well Robbie's going to keep this time and that's going to happen over the course of the season once you get into conference play because what you have to do and I think to his credit this is something that Gus did a great job of he ran certain things early in the season, the middle of the season, against teams that weren't equipped to stop it, just to show it. I don't know if everybody remembers, of course, the, the, the kick six. The game, the touchdown that tied the game at 28 was Marshall looking like he was going to scramble left. Sammy Coates was right out there. Of course, the way they ran the it's like they're doing this all game. He is setting up, even to the extent where it doesn't work early in the game, Trey Mason gets it, dives, but he's going right, right? And he's going to go right. You're going to start the roll protection because he's going to eventually start to get, that's a three-yard run. It's a four-yard run. It's a five-yard run. Okay. Well, what if I speed sweep to that side? And then I do the dive to that side. Well, y'all are rotating. Your safety's getting nervous because they see the, the, the runs are getting bigger and bigger. Except now, as Nick Marshall keeps left, which maybe he didn't keep left, like Gus was always good at making it a wrinkle. He was always good at doing just a little bit different. And you were thinking, great, I got Marshall. They finally are going to let him keep off of this. So instead of Trey Mason breaking off fours and fives, they finally tried it. Yeah, but Sammy Coast is right behind you, dummy. You didn't see it. I set you up. I set you up because I let you think I had a tendency. You are a very good team. You are a disciplined, talented defense. I'm not going to outpower you. 
But what I can do is be really good at the thing I'm good at, and that's running this ball inside. Trey Mason was an elite running back, an elite running back. You can't just forget about him. It doesn't matter if I'm just getting three yards of carry. That's close right. enough to a first down when you got to worry about it. So did I have a, a couple of drives that stalled out because we didn't get the first down? Yeah, sure. We only had 28 points that game. That was below our season average. We were killing it. So they did a decent job of slowing our run down. But you have to be ready for every possible contingency. And Gus always kept a couple in his pocket. You do that by being really good at what you do and having a counter for when people finally start to get hip to whatever it is you're doing. Robbie Ashford could be a great, great tool in the tool set. To not, I want to say keep people honest because they wouldn't see it enough. We just You show it enough so that they know what to prepare for. And you could have two or three contingencies off of that right. thing. As long as you have a counterpunch for it, it's like, all right, cool, I'll show counter. it to you a couple of times. And if, if it keeps working, we'll keep running it. But the minutes people start to figure out, oh, this is how you stop it, it's like, all right, great. You stopped the first one. Now, let's see if you can figure out what we intended to do with the other two or three things that we had pop going off of this. Right, right. Hopefully, the thing is, you you hope you don't have to bring it out too early. Like, the, unfortunately for us, we played Georgia the fifth game of the season. Sixth, fifth or sixth game of the season. I think it's the fifth. That's tough because you're they're going to be preparing for whatever you do. And honestly, we're going to be pre- figuring out what we're good at in the first month of the season. That's really what, what's kind of hard about this is you can't, you can kind of counterpunch George. You can surprise him with some stuff because Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery together, I'm sure they've got plenty of stuff that they want to do. They're going to be watching George's defense and seeing what they're good or not good at. And eventually they're going to be like, all right, we think we can attack him with this. You can surprise him with some stuff, but you're going to have to show Alabama and every quality defense on the back end of your schedule, oh, this is how they got Georgia. They're not going to get us with that. All right, well, now that same brain trust, you freeze Phil and Montgomery have to come up with a plan that takes into account that you saw what we did to move the ball on an elite defense. So what are you going to do against them now? Because they're going to be ready for that. It's, it's such a game of cat and mouse, man. It's, it's really interesting. When you actually have the tools in your belt, it makes it the game all that much more interesting. Yeah, definitely gets uh, fun as a play caller when you have a bunch of stuff at, at your access to be able to do. Um, I am interested to see how they utilize all of the different weapons that are available to them. Uh, Let's see. JBSMV says, I think we lean more into the ground game than expected. I think people are expecting us to lean into the ground game this season. Um, I think that the thought process is Coach Freeze and Montgomery want to throw the ball, so we're going to do that because we need to be able to show a proficiency in it. But I'm expecting the running backs to get a good share of the available snaps and touches that are going to be out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they utilize them in a variety of ways. Yeah. Love it, man. AU Alum 94. Damn, we had James Brooks, Cribs, and Bo. I think Bo played one year with those cats. That was We did have Cribs and Bo in the same room. I'm not James Brooks. That's actually yeah. a name that escapes me. Nah, he was he was that fire too, bro. Okay. Well, hey, a little before my time. Uh, Fesians 8, 9, 10, best single season of running backs, maybe 2010. Uh, that was the same running back group that he was just mentioning. Nah, 2010 mm-hmm. wasn't the best year. Yeah. They they were effective enough because of who Cam Newton was. I was about to say, Cam Newton made that rushing attack super effective, but I don't know right. about it being the best running back group. Right. 
Uh, 94AU alum says, looking ahead a bit when Fat gets in the room next year, all of these guys are still here. Maybe? Dang. Uh, Jarquez is going to be gone. <laughs> I mean, if Jarquez d- handles business, uh, I don't know why he would come back for his senior season. He did yeah. say that uh, a big thing for him, though, is is getting his degree. So he's going to need to get that degree before he gets up out of here or he ain't coming yeah. back. He's like, man, once I'm done with school, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where he is on his progress towards his degree as to whether or not that's going to be a factor in all of these things. But a lot of that is depending on how big a year he has this season. Uh, AU alum jumps back in, needs some long 12-play drives this uh, time after time uh, this season. So I agree with this. Yeah, we we need we need to control the ball, man. Whether our defense is, is awesome or not, we can still keep them fresh and keep them off the field by, by controlling that clock. New Tiger 3 says, what's the difference between Jarquez Center and DA's running styles? Um, DA looks, the little bit I've seen, he looks more like Tank to me in a direct, make contact, violent kind of way. And Jarquez is slippery. He is un uncharacteristically uh, take break tackles doesn't even I don't it, it doesn't look like he breaks tackles. It looks like guys are sliding off of him, which is weird. Like I, I somebody put a clip of the Georgia touchdown that he had in the game last year. Mm-hmm. Guys thought they had him tackled, and he's just like and he's yeah, he, running for the he definitely the drunken master, bro. Like he he has very awkward movements, and it's like subtle shifts of his body that mm-hmm. changes the 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 angle in which people are approaching him that allows yeah. him to get away or just outside of the grasp of people. And he definitely breaks tackles, but yeah, it's just he has a very awkward running style, man, and it makes it difficult for people to tackle him. Da is definitely more of a direct bull rush mm-hmm. kind of guy, but he's a little shiftier than Jarquez is too. Yeah. Um, and so he makes people miss in a different way. Really good contact balance. Uh, both of them are speed guys. They use their speed very differently, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think DA, from what I can see, I think he's a little bit better of a one-cut runner, even though Jarquez has an elite kind of cutback sense of where to just like take it and take uh, go on the back side of the the, the formation. And, and they're they're. They're similar, but there's subtle differences in just kind of the way that they approach how they attack the line of scrimmage. And then in open field, DA ain't really trying to like Jarquez has the little kind of step to the inside, then jump back outside move. DA ain't really doing none of that. He's just like, bro, if you down there, tackle me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is. I like, I like, uh, Demar, Demar is a more violent runner. And I, I, I like that about it, which is what I liked about Tank similar in that way but I don't think Eden either is going to be less effective I think they're both going to be outstanding this season uh, another AU alum says wear them out with pace in the first half then late third and fourth quarter let them chase this running back room have fun boys listen that's something that the Eagles just did they I looked at the metrics on the Eagles last year they were a betting a betting, betting people's favorite team because what they did was they got up big, but their offensive line was so good that in the second half they could just kill kill the time, kill the clock, and they're going to control pace and they're going to cruise to a victory. They got up with, I mean, it's mostly a good run game because Jalen Hurts could carry the ball as well, but they could also pass the ball. You've got some outstanding uh, wide receivers with Devontae Smith and uh, who was the other one? AJ Brown. They had great targets out there, man. Pace, I don't know how much they utilized pace, but 
they put up points early and then they control the clock with the running game. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the same Bowl. formula that we just talked about. Like it was a really good defense and then they controlled the pace of the game really well on offense. It wasn't necessarily a high powered offense. It right. was really more so about sustaining drives, mm. getting it into third and fourth short and then, you know, power run game to be able to pick up first down, long sustained drive, choke the clock out and then play good defense. Yeah. Um, that was their recipe to get there, which is why they, you know, ultimately when they got into a shootout situation in the Super Bowl, it wasn't as easy for them to do it. But they proved they could put up points, too. Right. Like it was a very complete team in the Philadelphia Eagles. They they got lucky, you know, in the playoffs that the, the better team was more injured than. Oh, man. What team but, was that? I mean, listen, everybody knows what the answer to this question yeah, okay. is. Everybody okay. knows what the answer to this question is. They got lucky. It's all good. You know. Uh, Brian Hancher jumps in and he says, didn't they make some rule changes with respect to first downs and clock management? Will that reduce the number of plays? They did. I think, I think they re- revoked that, which they just started this like in the mid or late 2000s where after a first down, the clock stops. So... Let me, I don't. I don't actually remember the full details. Is that w- within the last few minutes? Now that that doesn't happen, or is it the entire game that no longer happens? Yeah, I, we did this one time when it first did. I forget what it was. Yeah, but it will. It will reduce the length of the the game by a few plays, probably four to five plays by each offense. However, I don't know if those plays were primarily going to be running plays anyway. Like if we're talking end of game, if it's just within a certain number of minutes of the end of the half then that, those are primarily going to be passing plays no matter what. So maybe it doesn't, but if it's the entire game, then yeah, you're going to lose some some, uh, some some snaps from your offense. Yeah. Uh, last one we have here from Finding Gail Brooks, who says, how do you lose a Tank Bixby and your running back room look better overall from top to bottom? Caddy has been recruiting at an elite level. Definitely shouts out to Cadillac Williams, who has made the coffers in the running back room look like a video game. Like, yeah, it looks like he just went out and was like, hey, you know, we're going to stack our lineup no matter what happens. I've got a... At any given week, the three deep that they take on like a travel roster is going to look stupid. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. (laughs) It's going to be crazy, man. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. um, Listen... Don't have very much more time that we have to wait on whatever it's going to be. We are, listen, zero, week zero coming up this Saturday. Auburn football starts next week. So when we come back to you guys next Monday, we will be talking UMass. We're going to be into, oh, the, crazy. into the UMass game and uh, talking about what we expect to see there. Uh, we're out of here until tomorrow morning. We'll be back with another morning drop, talking about some of the other position groups we have yet to break down. But uh, I'll, I'll leave the announcements for later. Until the next time, though, and as always, War Eagle, peace. Peace. Drop. Drop.